Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Of course, I'm Paul Turner, here with you for cast, I hope. Uh, this one's going to be very, very uh, different. It's not super scripted, and in fact, it's really about more about sharing ideas than having a scripted, um, you know, one-by-one thing. And so uh, it's going to be a different kind of show today. It's going to be really kind of uh, more of me musing uh, about some things. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual, which some of you may say amen to that. I hope that you've been enjoying the podcast. Um, and those of you that have, I'm talking to you now, those of you that listen, this is if this is your first podcast you're listening to with me, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you checking in. But if this is your uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or even over that, and you have yet to go hit some stars and leave a review for this podcast, I need you to go over there and do that. Don't make me come to your house and do an intervention. It's time to, you know, you've listened. Some of you keep listening, and I say thank you to you, but it's time, folks. It is time for you to go over, hit some stars, and write just a short review. Even if you just say, this is fabulous, or, or Paul has lost his mind, or whatever you choose to write there is fine. But I really need you to go do that because I want people to be able to find this podcast um, because I think the, I think the, uh, the momentum I have right now is only going to make these podcasts stronger. Um, some things that are on my heart, things that are becoming up. It's just going to be, I think that it's just, I'm going to continue to get better at this thing. Uh, I'm not a pro at it at all. I'm just a guy who likes to share his heart, share his thoughts with other youth workers and those who care to listen to my voice. Uh, but um, so I need you to do that. I need you to do it so that the podcast be, can be found, especially at the right time and the right moment for people who are going to check in. So will you just take time right now? Will you just hit pause just for a second? Go over there, hit a few stars, and then go ahead and leave a short little review there about what you've gained from this podcast and what people can look forward to and expect. I surely would appreciate it. And uh, also, before we get in here, too, don't forget, I send out um, notes uh, to my Fresh Impact family, uh, which is on the newsletter. So if you go to the discipleproject.net and sign up, it's this little link up there that says Start Making an Impact. Uh, I send out the notes for that. I'm super proud uh, to be sending out some notes today, in fact, for last week's podcast. Um, you say, Paul, why does it take you so long to do that? Well, because I'm still a youth worker, still a youth pastor, and I, I, have to focus on, I have to focus on those things. But I've gotten it done because I wanted to be of such value. I, in fact, I've with my interview with uh, Jared, Elrod, uh, we talked about you know taking our calling seriously, and um, it was never meant to question. By the way, it was never meant to question whether or not people do or don't. It's just how that's fleshed out in people's lives. And uh, I came up with eight attitudes that are hurting your hustle. In other words, if it's not reality, if it's not happening in your your life, it's hurting. These are coming from attitudes that we have. So you really want to get that. And the only way you're going to get that is if you sign up for the Fresh Impact Newsletter. So please go do that at thedisciplesproject.net. So let me go ahead and jump into today. 
I found a, if you're having trouble making a decision today, by the way, uh, this is going to help you. Uh, I found this on BuzzFeed and it's 12 genius tips for totally indecisive people. Now, I don't know if you're an indecisive person. Um, I don't go shopping a lot um, because I have, um, I freeze up. I'm like a, I'm like a deer in the headlights sometimes when I'm shopping because I don't know what I'm looking for, <laughs> so if I see these things, uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time shopping. I only go when I know what I want. I go to the store, and this is the difference between men and women shopping, maybe. Uh, but when I'm a man, uh, and I, I am a man, uh, I go to the store, I get what I want, and I leave. I don't spend a lot of time window shopping or things like that. So. I'm very decisive in that respect. But if you just throw me in a store and I don't know what I'm looking for, then I am in trouble. Big trouble. Come find me. You need to p- tie a rope around my waist and just yank me out of that place because it's not going to happen. I'm not going to I'm just going to get frozen in the mist there and I'm I'm not going to be able to uh, decide what I want to get. So here we go from BuzzFeed. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes, of course, as usual. Um, when in doubt, see the pros and the cons rack up. So make a little list. Right, just make a list of pros and if you're having trouble deciding, you know, where you want to go to camp, you know, this summer, or uh, where you uh, whether or not you should change a program or not, or whether you should um, talk to your pastor about getting a raise, that would be a good thing, right? So whatever decision making you're, you're trying to make a process on right now, here's just a, just a few things. One, go ahead and make pros and cons lists. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, number two, spend countless hours uh, online until you literally are an expert on the topic. So in other words, if you're looking into two different things, do your homework, do your research into something. If you're choosing a camp, uh, go to the website, make a phone call, uh, become a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a pro at uh, those particular decisions so that when parents ask you about why you're making a change about something, you will have all the facts. You will have, a, you will be the expert in that field of something. And so you'll be able to answer those questions to be able to do that. Number three, set a deadline and remind yourself every waking hour of it. So when you make a deadline, you say, I'm going to make a decision by this point, And you've got to be honest with yourself and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a, I'm going to set the deadline by this date. We have decided camp. We have decided the program change. We have decided any number of things that you're trying to decide within your ministry right now. So uh, number four, let an app solve your problems. Now I've, I've recently downloaded the app they recommended here and it was called Decisive. Yeah, Decider, excuse me. And it's really super, it's just, it's kind of a, I was going to say a dumb app, but you know, it's fun. I mean, you can use it, but on the Decider app, it's, um, you have a choice between coin flip, dice roll, uh, or crystal ball, and you ask a question. So it's basically like a little, um, uh, you know, eight ball uh, type of thing, magic eight ball. And so it's just a little fun. You know, you can download that. I'll, I'll put a little, the link is uh, in the actual app on the webpage. So you can click the, the, um, the highlighted word there to get that app if you want. But it's a little something fun just to make little quick decisions. Um, number five, make your parents decide for you, which I think is a good is a good thing there. If, if you're having trouble making decisions, you know, they've uh, helped you make decisions all your life. So why not ask them and say, mom, dad, what do you think about this? I know that may have to, you may have to lower your pride a little bit for some of you, but uh, it's totally worth it. Number six, treat yourself every time you make a decision. Not even that you make a good decision, just the fact that that you made a decision is a victory for you who are 
disturbed by not making a decision about something. Like you're trying to decide whether you should go over there and um, you leave me stars in a review. Well, let me tell you something. After you do that, make a decision. Say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a date uh, right after this podcast. I'm going to go over there and do this. And after I've made a decision, I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave Paul stars in a review. And after I do it, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to drive to a Starbucks and I'm going to buy myself a coffee because I've made a decision. So how do you like that? How do you like me? integrating that. Uh, Number seven, have everyone else you know take a poll. Uh, And I think that's a fun way to do it. I mean, you don't want to, you know, if it's a really, really super important decision, I don't know if you want to put your most important decisions out there, but, uh, but at least you can uh, you can at least, you know, put some basic ones out there. It's like, you know, if you're trying to decide on major, uh, major things, you don't want maybe a lot of comments, uh, but you want something a simple poll, uh, will do that you get people's opinions on. So, um, for example, if you're doing an art logo or you know a logo for your youth ministry, something like that, you know, uh, if you're saying should I quit my job, um, maybe that's not something for the internet to decide. <laughs> maybe that's something you just need to pray about. So, uh, number eight, if you're trying to decide something, choose a little bit of everything. Why? Why just choose just one? Why can't you have the best of both worlds? If there's a way to get both, why not get both? Right? Or be, get some of each if it's possible. Uh, number nine, leave it up to fate. Uh, you know, the whatever will be, will be motto. Um, you could do that. Um, I think maybe that uh, prayer would definitely be a lot better than shaking the old, uh, you know, crystal ball, checking the crystal ball or shaking the magic eight ball or just saying whatever will be. Uh, I prefer to say that as leaving it in God's hands that once I've prayed about it, I'm just going to leave that in God's hands. I think that's a better way to say that and say, Lord, whatever you want to do, Lord, your will, not my will. And that's a pretty good way to, to do that. Uh, number 10, talk to somebody who actually has their life in order. Listen, if you're a youth pastor and you're struggling or, or you're bivocational, uh, you're a full-time, you're a volunteer, you know, talk to people. Talk to other professional youth workers. You say, well, I can't do that. I don't know anybody else. And I, let me tell you what, youth pastoring can be a very lonely job because we're split by denomination. We're split in our own towns by denomination or race or by... Um, you know, what part of town we're in, uh, logistics, all these various things. And I just think, look, if you know somebody in your town and you're trying to make a decision, well, why not talk to a, a friend? Why not talk to somebody, you know, in a youth ministry area? Why not talk to them about what to decide or what to do? You know, I think I think most people, most youth workers would be glad to help. And so, you know, if, if you don't need it, if, you're not, if it's not a youth worker, you talk to obviously somebody that has. If, you, if somebody has their youth ministry together, though, you want to talk to them, ask them a question, send them an email. You know, in, in most, by the way, most youth ministries don't have it all together. Just a news flash there. I mean, you're welcome to, you know, I don't have all my stuff together, but you're welcome to email me and ask me questions at thedproject.me.com. You're welcome to do that. I don't have, uh, my stuff's not all together, but I would surely help answer a question, um, you know, to be able to help out. Uh, there's no secrets here. Uh, blog post I wrote not too long ago, you know, the secret to secrets is there is no secret. Number 11, assess every possible option before you reach a decision, right? That maybe that goes back to the first one where you're trying to do pros, you're trying to do cons, and you're saying, okay, how do I decide? Well, look at every possible option before you reach a decision. And finally, the last one is once you decide on something, go with it and never look back. You know what? Sometimes you just got to do it, right? You got to just go ahead and decide and say, this is what I'm going to do. And you do it and you live with it. 
You just make that decision and go with it. So, but anyway, that's uh, that's twelve genius tips for uh, people who are totally indecisive. And the link will be there if you wish to go with those. Uh, something you might want to teach to your kids or your students. Something to put in there about making decisions about praying about decisions uh, would be good for that. You could use that as part of a lesson or something like that. So, But uh, anyway, time to uh, transition now to the meat of the podcast. So what we have here today is some thoughts from me uh, that are coming out of my mouth, and I, I really, I don't know where to say where they're coming from, uh, other than the fact that I'm just living my life. And the phrase that came out of my mouth the other day is that I'm I'm trying my best to obey the story, not the rules. Trying to obey the story, not the rules. I've I've for a long time have looked at my life as a movie, as maybe you have, or a book, or something that 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 has this epic expanseness, right? We are the center sometimes of our own universe. And so I've been looking at my life. And uh, and talk about owning the story of my life and, and you owning the story of your life. You know, I have to go where the story leads. I'm like a reporter tracking down the facts, tracking down, you know, where is this story leading me? What is God doing in me right now that is just blowing my mind? And the more I follow the story... Right, and by the way, you can, you can, you can. The story is the unfolding, the unpacking of daily life, or my thoughts, or my decisions, or where my passions are going. Um, you know, I can also say, um, you know, from a biblical point of view, I'm kind of following the Spirit. Where is the Spirit leading me? And uh, and so, I think this is what Jesus tried to do. I think this is what Jesus did. You know, he was following a storyline. He was following what his father had given him to do. He's following this story. And the Pharisees tried to come in and say, these are the rules. These are the rules. You And the choices, Jesus wasn't a rule, he was a rule breaker, but he wasn't, you know, uh, he said, look, when, when there's a conflict between the story and the rules, then the story wins, Right. And so he said, look, this is the story. This is, the, this is what I'm telling. This is what I'm showing. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that he said, I'm going to tell this story of who God is and not get mixed up in all these rules. Because sometimes we as Christians, as believers, we make the story all about the rules. In other words, our whole story, our whole life is made up of all the rules we've obeyed or the rules we've broken. And it's nothing about the bigger story of grace or the bigger story of love, or the bigger story of mercy. And that's the story I want my life to tell. That's the story I am I am investigating now and saying, my life for a long time, I grew up in the 80s, folks, and uh, I'll tell you what, in the 80s, there were a lot of rules. There were a lot of rules about what I should listen to. There was a lot of rules about what I shouldn't listen to. Uh, there was a lot of rules about watching and about things like this. And uh, And I am reclaiming what religion has stole from me, I'm letting God give back to me. And, and so I am trying my best to follow the story, follow the story of my life. And, um, and maybe you're trying to do the same thing. Maybe you're trying to do that. And I, I just have a few things that I'm doing in my own life. I hope they're, they may be valuable to you. But as looking at my life as a story being told uh, and being read by other people, right? We often say to people that we are the only Bible that people will read, Right, and so what is the Bible but a but a narrative of the redemption of the world by God, and I want my life to represent the best 
possible story that Jesus is telling in me, that God is trying to bring out of me. And so the the things that I am doing um, is this. Number one, I am editing my life accordingly. I am editing my life accordingly. In other words, I am deciding right? Is this a rule or is this story? What, you know, what, what is, what is, what is my life? What am I adding to? What am I cutting out? And what am I doing with that? What, does this make a cohesive story, right? So I'm editing my life accordingly. I'm cutting the things out of my life that are not adding value to it. I'm, I'm cutting things out of my life that uh, are not, or that are keeping me from telling the best possible story, Right. If it's sin, I'm cutting it out because it's not telling a story. It's 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 not it's not adding value to it. It's it's obviously because the Bible says I shouldn't. But but if the Bible's a narrative and it tells a story of redemption, then I want my life to also tell that as well. And so I want to get rid of anything in my life, uh, and also add things into my life that do add value and do do those things. So I'm so I'm editing my life. I'm editing my words. I'm editing my thought process. That's the key too is editing my thought process of how I see my life. How I see my thoughts and how I see what I'm thinking about God, what I'm thinking about others. And so I'm in an editing process of because I'm trying to get the best possible story by the end. Uh, the second thing is this is something I just said, but I'll say it again, is that I'm going to cut out anything that does not add value to the story. And um, you know what? You've ever seen a movie, and here's here's where this comes in, we're editing so far. I went and saw um, Batman versus Superman. It's two and a half hours. And if you've ever seen a two and a half hour movie, or a, or a three hour movie, or you see so many scenes in the movie that could have been edited, that could have been cut out. It, it could have just been, it wasn't necessary because it added nothing to the whole story. It was just random or stuff that they shot that that they just decided to throw in that doesn't add anything to the story. And so when I'm talking about my life, and I'm saying, look, does this add value to the story? Is this making this too long? Am I making this, you know, is my decisions making my life so difficult? Are those things, is it making the movie too long? Does it make it the movie? Does it make my story too confusing? Sometimes we see stories, we watch movies or read books and we go, man, that guy's really wordy. Man, there's a lot of words, you know? If you like, if you like the Amplified Bible, there's a lot of words there. I do like the Amplified Bible, but if but that's for that's translation, right? That's you know that's saying okay, this is what this means. But if you're reading a book, a story that's supposed to tell a story, a narrative, then and you have all these words that are just toppling on top of themselves, you're reading going, can we please get to the point? Can we please get to the plot point? Can we please get to the next thing? And so many times we do things in our lives and in my life that doesn't tell, that confuses or extends or convolutes the story I'm trying to tell about God in my life, that God is a redeemer, that God is someone who has transformed me. And the rules, all the rules don't do that. The rules don't don't share the redemptive story of God. I understand what they are. I understand. I understand why they're necessary in some cases, um, but I'm trying to tell a story about who God is, and um, and the and if I just sat there and read to you a list of rules, 
you know, the Pharisees had over 400 separate rules, I think, in addition to, you know, uh, the Ten Commandments and others things that, were, that's, that didn't add any value to anything. It didn't tell the story. It just said, this is what you're going to obey and this is what you're going to do to please God. And Jesus came along and says, let me tell you what pleases God. And then he began to tell stories, whether they were in parables, whether they were in the actions that he did. And so I'm trying to cut out anything that does not add value to the story, that doesn't move the story along, that doesn't, um, you know, add, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't confuse the story, right? You don't want to add anything in that, that confuses things. And then finally, the third thing is this. Third thing is this, is I'm trying to keep the last page in mind. Now, I know there are some authors that when they're writing a book, they just keep writing uh, and they let inspiration take over and they, and they, they, you know, they say, well, I'm not going to write the ending until I get towards the end. And that's certainly one way to do it. I don't, I don't, uh, uh besmirch that at all. Um, for me though, I am, and I'm sure the authors that do that, by the way, they have an idea. They know where they kind of want the story to go. They kind of get inspiration to where they want it to end. And I'm trying to keep the last page of my life in ministry in mind. I'm saying, how do I want this to end? Some people like to end with a cliffhanger because they know they're going to write another book. Some people like all the uh, loose ends to be tied up, all the mystery solved, right? There's an answer for everything. Uh, you know, some people like to leave an open ending, not necessarily a mystery, but just an open ending that allows a person to come to their own conclusions. And so for me, I'm keeping the last page in mind. I'm keeping the last page in mind, uh, the last page of my life. Well, how am I going to close it all up? You say, Paul, you're a young man. You're only going to be maybe 48 this year. But it's because of that, uh, of me, I think in my own head, keeping the last page in mind is the fact that I, I want to get to that point. And I may not know the completion. I don't know exactly what that page is going to look like. Um, it's going to be something. I know what I want it to include, sort of. And so now I'm, now I'm fulfilling my story. I'm writing my story because there's a certain end I want in mind. And if God wants to change that, I'm totally wide open to it. I'm not concrete on the last page. I just have an idea of where I want to go. And I, I'm willing to submit that last page into the hands of God and say, God, you, you and me are going to co, co-write the last page. And whatever that looks like, I'm down with it. I can live with it and I will live with it. So, but, um, but that's it guys. That's my musings as of late as to my life as story. And you got to own the, you know, the story of your own life. And so my encouragement to you is simply to listen to those, those, your own story. What is the, where's the story leading you in your own life? And then begin to make decisions based on that. Uh, and see what comes of it. You know, I'd love to hear from you if this if this has had any impact upon you at all. If the change, if there's a, a motivation in your heart to change, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and let me know. Let me know what uh, what the story of your life's telling you. And uh, and all those things. And I am going to send out. By the way, don't forget. I'm going to send out notes on this as well about owning the story of your life. And that's partly what I'm doing is owning my story. Uh, I am re- I am reclaiming what religion has stole from me. And I'm going to tell a better story with my life. And uh, that's what I've decided to do. So I hope you'll do the same. And now it's time to move on to nerding out. What am I nerding out about? Exactly. First of all, Rogue One trailer. Excited? Are you not excited? 
Are you a Star Wars fan? Because I am, and I enjoyed the Rogue One trailer. And I'm not going to go deep dive into this, but I am going to tell you this, that um, what I like about it is it's dirtier, it's grittier. Uh, somebody brought up the fact that there are no lightsabers in it. You didn't see any lightsabers in the trailer, which tells me this is uh, not necessarily pre-Jedi or, or anything like that, but the, but the story focus is on these people who are, who, are, who are fighting and struggling and trying to steal the plans of the Death Star and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really, uh, really kind of nerding out about that now because I really want to see that. I really want to see a dirtier, less polished uh, Star Wars, right? Because that's a great story, right? It's a great story. Star Wars, the original Star Wars, great story, right? All the icons, all the heroes, all the the tension, all the uh, surprises, you know, of Empire Strikes Back and twists and turns. And so I'm, I'm anxious for them to tell me a different story. The Force Awakens was one kind of story that was kind of, you know, predicated on the other stories and to remind people what Star Wars is about. But Rogue One trailer is going to be very different. So I'm really kind of excited about that. Uh, the other thing that I'm really kind of nerding about lately is I've been doing, um, this thing called VEDA, which is vlogging every day in April. And, uh, it's sponsored by, uh, a, a lady named, uh, Amy, uh, Schmidauer. And I'll put uh, a note down here to her channel. So if you're into content creation or YouTube, creating YouTube channels or podcasting, or whatever you may be into as a youth worker, um, she has some great tips there. She has some great tips. And one of the things she created was the 30 days, well, she created the, the 30 days of vlogging every day in April. And I've decided on my YouTube channel that I'm doing 30 tips in 30 days. And so every day I get on there, uh, I film myself talking about the tips uh, that I've learned in the past 25 years of youth ministry. And I hope you'll check that out. I hope you'll go over to uh, my YouTube channel. That'll, that'll be in the show notes, the link to that. It's uh, youtube.com slash Jedi for hire. And, um, and so that's what I've been nerding out about, about getting better at things, about getting better at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably nine subscribers away, for, I think, from 800. I would really like to make 1,000 by the end of the year. So if you're able to help me do that, if you're not a subscriber yet, I would love for you to help me do that. But I'm, I'm really focused on nerding out about getting good at things, whether it's YouTube, whether it's doing this podcast, which is still brand new. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited about uh, uh, doing this for you guys. I'm picturing when I do this podcast, I see youth workers who are dealing with, struggling with, and all those things. And I just that's I just want to I just want to you know somehow be able to minister and be able to reach out to folks like yourself and to offer a little bit of uh, encouragement. And uh, that leads me into the final segment, which is motivation. Now, motivation, uh, hopefully these things are going to keep your youth ministry moving forward. By the way, I will throw this into here too, that, you know, your youth ministry tells a story. Not only does our personal lives tell a story, our youth ministries tell a story. And so I'm going to apply this definitely to uh, your youth ministry, so you don't want to miss the notes for that. But I read a story on uh, Mashable.com, once again, in the link below, uh, in the notes below, but... um, to stay motivated, this is this really touched my heart because as I grew up as a kid, I was bullied. I was, uh, you know, uh, spent a lot of time alone, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I had a set of friends, but there was, you know, like every kid goes through all those things. But this particular article says uh, school creates buddy bench for kids who need someone to play with at recess, and 
A Canadian school has a brilliant new plan to make recess fun for everyone. Kids who don't have the same recess period as their best friend can have a hard time finding new people to play with. So Willow Grove School created the Buddy Bench, a bench where kids can sit if they need a new friend. So far, it seems to be working. One kid reported that he only had one, had to wait on the bench for a minute before he was invited to play. And uh, I think that's such a powerful story that it's a buddy bench, right? It's a kid says, I want a buddy. I need a buddy. I'm going to go sit on this bench, and I am going to put my... And then all the other kids are aware that that's the buddy bench. So when they see somebody there, boy, that that's just releases somebody to say, wow, there's somebody over there that needs a friend to play with. I'm going to go invite them to play. And so, um, you know, I wish that, you know, th- there needs to be a, uh, uh, I don't know, a buddy bench for youth workers, right? There, there needs to be where you sit on a bench and say, I'm sitting here and uh, I wish somebody would come and talk with me. I wish somebody would come and pray with me. I wish somebody would come and counsel me. Uh, I wish somebody would just sit here and listen to me, but youth workers need a buddy bench of some kind, uh, you know, where where people are actually listening. They're not just telling you things. They're they're listening to what you're saying. And so, for our lives, for our ministries, and things like that, I I hope that you will uh, find a way to reach out to people, find a find a, a way to uh, connect with people the way they've created this buddy bench where you go and. And uh, meet, you know, find a new friend uh, in the ministry. Um, you know, find somebody in there that can help you walk through the process that you're going through. And so, my hope for you today is that you'll find your own buddy bench, that you'll find a, a place where people, where you can sit and people will notice you, people will see value in you, uh, people will say, hey, look, I'm looking for somebody to play with, or I'm looking to meet somebody new. Uh, you know, I, I, I need a buddy bench in my life. Or maybe you need to be the person who looks towards the bench, right? You're looking towards social media, you're looking towards around your community, and you're saying, who around here needs a friend? And maybe you can be the best friend you can be to somebody, whether you see that in your youth ministry, whether you see that in your community, uh, your church, um, find somebody and say, I'm going to go sit with him and I'm going to say, come play, come play with me, come hang out with me, meet some new people. So, but that's it guys. That's it for today. I appreciate you as always tuning in to the Youth Ministry Motion podcast. It's the podcast that um, tries to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. So I hope that uh, it does that. Please remember to do uh, stars and reviews. I would love that to hear that, hear that from you. And, uh, and that's it for today, guys. I appreciate you guys so much. I will catch you guys next time, next week. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you later.